Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 185 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. Today I have the pleasure to talk with Allison, Noah's mom. Now, I do want to take a second here because we talk about meningococcal meningitis in this episode. After we stopped recording the episode, she mentioned to me that many people have come up to her asking more about this meningitis because they certainly had meningitis themselves and recovered without trouble or their kids did or they know someone who did. So there are many types of meningitis. There are many types of viral meningitis, most of which you recover from, unless you're a small infant. There are other types of bacterial meningitis as well, but this particular strain of meningococcal meningitis is quite dangerous. And so Allison and I decided that before I play the episode, I should clarify that a little bit because we don't want people to go out and start panicking now when they hear the word meningitis and automatically think of what happened to Noah and how that is the norm with all types of meningitis because it is not. So that being said, I do want you to enjoy listening to Allison. She is just wonderful. I loved my conversation with her and I know you will too. She's learned so much over these last three years and was just a joy to talk with. I also want to remind you all of that Ask Me Anything episode, which will be coming up shortly. I do not have that many questions, actually. And I have found out that Eric has none. So no one has emailed Eric any questions for me. And I do have three questions emailed to me for Eric. So again, if you have questions for me, email Eric. And his email address is eric, E-R-I-C, at uh, andysmom.com. And if you have a question for Eric, email that to me. And Marcy and Andy's mom.com. So I think we're going to do that episode the week of Andy's birthday. So it will be released just a day before his birthday. And we'll do a couple of other special things then as well. So that will be on Thursday, April 20th. Right now, I just want you to sit back and enjoy listening to Allison, Noah's mom. <music> Thank you so much, Allison, for coming on the Always Andy's Mom podcast today. Hi there. How are you? Nice to meet you. I know. I'm so excited to talk to you today and to hear about your great son, Noah. Mm -hmm. So do you want to just start out by talking about him a little bit? Sure, absolutely. So I have two children. I had uh, I have a daughter that was two years older than Noah. And then along came Noah. And he was always a mommy's boy. Joined up my hip, basically, from a little guy all the way up. And he was quite active. He was quite quiet baby, very, very quiet baby, easy to, you know, manage, didn't fuss mm-hmm. too, too, too much. All those things, just easy to get along with. Listen to his sister deeply, that's wow. for sure. Yes, oh, yes. She took him along with her everywhere she went, grabbed him by his hand, and along he went with so- soother and toe and his blankie attached to him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that little image. Yeah, she would make sure that she didn't, it didn't matter to her whether her shoes were on the wrong feet, but her his were going to be on the right feet and away they went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was a quiet guy, you know, he just went along with what whatever was happening on those days, slept anywhere. He was, he was always when he, as he was growing up there, he was a, he was a family kid. He always liked to sit on everybody's knee and I remember at one point, one instance, my mom said to him, you know what, what am I going to do when you can't sit on my knee anymore? And he turned to her and he said, well, grandma, then you can just sit on my knee. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is so cute. I love that. Yeah. 
So he was never, and he was one of those kids, you know, that was never embarrassed to have a hug or tell him that you love him in front of his friends and all that kind of stuff. And as he grew up, he was a sports kid, especially hockey. Yep. Because you're Canadian from Ontario. I should bring that up. Mm -hmm. His dad was a hockey player. And I guess that's part of the reason why he was introduced to the ice. Even as a little fella, I used to take him public skating in full hockey gear. He would wear to a public skating Really? Yeah, I was never a very good skater myself, but we would stand around. He'd make me stand on the blue line, sing Oh Canada, drop the puck like we were in the middle of a game, and he was <laughs> knee-high to a grasshopper. And then it got to the point where he'd say, you know, Mom, I don't think you should skate with me anymore. And I said to him, but why is that? No, and he goes, you're not really that good. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd skate down and shoot the puck, of course, and skate around with his hands, his stick in the air, thinking he had just scored, you know, the the winning goal of the NHL hockey games. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. In that playing hockey, then he he played quite a competitively here at AAA hockey. So traveling team. Uh Uh-huh. Met lots of kids, met lots of friends. He loved his spring hockey because it was kids that got together from all different parts of the world and they would all get together and play a couple of games in the spring together, but they had never practiced together at any point in time Mm -hmm. ever. So it was kind of fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, hockey was the big thing. Then he did inline hockey in the summertime. He played ball hockey and uh, yeah. And he was quite the, he was a good student, even though he was one of those kids that could go in the front door and out the back door and pull off an A. He was, yeah. yeah, he was one of those kids. Yeah. He did do that often, by the way. I hate to say it, but uh, he could pull off the grades. So, and then right. he, got, he got a little older, he would say, you know, I wish I had stayed in school all the time because I really love school. I don't want to this working thing, right? It's for the birds, right? So, <laughs> yeah. But he gathered a lot of friends along the way. He had a big, wide array of friends. You know, he was, like his friends always said, he was one of those kids that could sit and listen and you always thought you had been his best friend your whole life and you just met him that night, right? I just love kids like that. I mean, it's just such Mm -hmm. a talent, I think, Mm -hmm. to be able to make other people feel special. Yeah. Right? Yes. And he did that with his family, like from cousins right down to, you know, distant relatives to his immediate family. We all felt that way with him. Like he was just one of those kids that he would sit and really diligently listen to what you had to say. And he didn't say too, too much back. Right. You know? But if you wanted his advice, he was definitely there to give it to you. And a hug, best hugger ever that kid was. Yeah. 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 His hugs were from the tips of his toes, right? So that reminds me of my Andy. So that gets me emotional too. You're just yeah. saying that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one of the biggest things you miss, those hugs, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Because he wrapped his arms around you and, you know. Just would just hug as tight as he could, right? I mean, yeah. just, just he meant it. Yeah, and even as he grew up there, he would say, let's meet for breakfast, Mom. You know, when he was out with friends for the night and I'd go and meet him. Of course, I knew I was going to pay for that breakfast, but <laughs> we went for the breakfast. But even standing outside a restaurant one morning waiting to get in, it was quite busy. And we didn't realize that there was another mom and her son in there that knew us quite well. And they were looking out the window and she came out and she said, I wish my son would do that. And I said, what? She goes, he stood in the parking lot with his arm around you the whole time. And oh. I'm like, yeah, he was just, yeah, that's the way he was. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So precious. So yeah, precious. absolutely. And such a thing you cherish now, right? Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think it helps me go on. Yeah. Because he was such a big part of your my heart, right? So it, it keeps yeah. beating. Right. He was always a little fella growing up. He was tiny. I remember him going into high school the first time, and I'm short. I'm only five foot two, and Noah yeah. going into grade nine was at least a half an inch, if not an inch shorter than me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no. And then all of a sudden, by grade 12, he took off and he was a big, tall kid, you know, finished off. I think it was 5'11 by the time he finished growing. So he was he was pretty tall, you know, he was pushing. Right. Out. Yeah. 
And then he decided he would like to be a plumber. Yeah. He went off to trade school, of course, uh-huh. after that. And uh, he hit the streets before he had his even his diploma in his hand for trade school, looking for a job. And he applied to a company there um, here in Kitchener-Waterloo. They're quite well-known, big contractor uh-huh. company, unionized. And they thought, oh, you know, he's a young kid. Do we want to take yeah. the chance? But they thought, we'll put him in the shop for a little bit and see how we make out. And uh, they put him in the shop. And he was in the shop for quite a long time because they were so slow in the company. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't get him out on the road very quick. But like his employers have said, what his family say about him is exactly what he was like at work, really responsible. And he was actually the youngest um, apprentice that had ever been hired in that company. Wow. Which was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's saying yeah. a lot. He did really well. And then, of course, they put him out in the road. And he was so proud of himself that he was going to be an industrial plumber. And yeah, mm-hmm. he, he did really well. The company, um, they've put quite a big legacy for Noah in their company. So, uh, Oh, really? Yeah. That's they were, amazing. They've got a, they actually opened a great big sh- a brand new shop. And I went to visit, um, I periodically reach out to them. Well, I do at Christmas time every year because mm-hmm. the the gentleman that owned this sh- uh, place, they said that Noah always made sure that he wished them a Merry Christmas. And they uh-huh. said on New Year's, believe it or not, everybody's on holidays and they always got a text message from Noah saying Happy New Year, guys. Oh. I always reach out to them at Christmas time and leave them a message just to, you know, say Merry Christmas to them from all of us. But uh, I went into the new shop and they've got a massive photo right inside the front window of Noah. And it's with his plumbing helmet there yeah. and and his vest. So it's kind of nice that they've put such a big tribute there for him. So And it's so special when they do it without you asking them to do it. You know, I was shocked because I was standing there. And I could hear the secretary call up to him saying, you know, she's she's here. Sort of a sidebar conversation I could hear her having. And I guess he must have said to her at one point, has she seen it yet? Or something like that. And I heard her response be, no, I don't think so. And then all of a sudden she went, oh, yes, she's seen it now. And he yeah. came downstairs and I said to him, I can't believe you've just put that front and center in your massive company. And he said, well, where else would we put him? He belongs here. Yeah. So wow. it was, you know, and they have, they're North American. People come visit every day and that's what they see when they walk through the door. So it's pretty amazing. You know, it's a it nice feeling. Amazing. Mm-hmm. You are getting me all choked up today. That's mm-hmm. just beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. And they've actually, I didn't realize it, but at Christmas time, they hand out an award for the hardest working apprentice within their company and um, they put it in Noah's name. So it's really nice. And these are things that, I don't didn't know about I just hear through other employees there right so it's really yeah. nice of them to do that's that that's just what makes it extra special I just yeah it is yeah it's really hard when you have to be the one to do it because then you just don't know if they really want to do it if they're doing it just yeah. to kind of appease you mm-hmm. or or what you know yeah and they've never they've never ever said a word to me the only yeah. thing like after he passed away I made sure that his helmet was given to them because I thought well where else does it belong other than here in the shop where he loved to be and I had no idea that they were going to hang it on the wall front and center but it's it's a real you know they didn't yeah. they don't have to because definitely I'm not there all the time I would never even notice if they put a legacy there for them right 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 they're doing it for themselves yeah right? it's really nice mm-hmm. it's beautiful because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. how long was he with the company he was only, I think he was I think he was heading into his third year with them yeah yeah so it wasn't too too long that's what I was kind of guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they always made fun of him because when they returned his tool belt, because he didn't return back to work before he passed away. Yeah. When they returned his tool belt to me, they said that he has more tools in this tool belt that he should have been a fourth year plumbing apprentice and not a first year. So I think he had gathered all of his tools for his four years, right? So, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of my foster son. He's he's working in a shop as a mechanic. Nice. And right now he's on still on the kind of the bottom rung that he's just doing mm-hmm. kind of quick lube and breaks, right? Right. But he has all of these tools to do all of this <laughs> other stuff. And he keeps buying all of these tools. <laughs> 
And yeah. I'm like, you know, Valeriano, maybe you need to stop buying tools right now. But he's like already, you know, right. and and he, they did. As soon as they hire his replacement, he is moving up and he'll actually be able to start using those tools. But yeah. it, he, he has far more than he needs right now. So that sounds yeah. very, very similar. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I was even thinking in one of the rows at Home Depot, they should have put a legacy photo of Noah there because he was there an awful lot in that row. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. That's all we've been like buying him for Christmas for two years. Is the... yeah. And then what's funny is we end up buying the wrong thing, right? He, he will give us this list and then yeah. invariably we buy the wrong thing. Like, oh, we need yeah. to stop buying new tools because we're not buying the right stuff. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I guess he was just proud to be a plumber, right? Um, it right. Was those things. Yeah. Yeah. He right. Made, he made sure it was all neat and tidy and the tools. He was one of those kids that his hands always had to be clean and his, you know, his clothes were always, and my niece, when we moved into our home, my niece came over for a visit and she came back outside. She said, I'm going to go in and tour the house. I said, sure, absolutely. And she came back out and she said, has he always been like that? And I said, what? She goes, his clothes are hung up color coded in the closet. And I'm like, (laughs) yes, he takes them off and irons them too before he puts them in the closet. And she went, oh, my gosh, wow. (laughs) That is an oh, my gosh, wow, for sure. Yeah, he loved his things, right? So, mm -hmm. Well, why don't you go ahead and now and talk about what happened to Noah? Yeah, so Thanksgiving dinner was at my mom's. And Noah... And that's in October. Yep, he was having Mm -hmm. his Thanksgiving dinner. Everything was okay, and... um, Everything was fine. Well, then that night he had called in to work and said that he wasn't feeling well. Mm-hmm. And he just had the flu. Like he just basically said, I feel like crap. Like, you know, that in his yeah. words, I hate to say that, but that's how he would yeah. say it. Right. Yeah. You know, feeling sick to his stomach, all that kind of stuff, headache. Then even the next morning, just feeling you know, junky, nothing alarming. You know what I mean? Just not yeah. feeling well. And even I went to work thinking, you know, he's got the flu bug, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. My daughter, I, uh, she had called him at lunchtime to have a sidebar conversation about what to buy their dad for his birthday. And mm-hmm. he said, you know what? I just can't talk right now. I'm feeling really lousy. Like, I feel like crap again. And mm-hmm. she said, well, do you want me to take you to the doctor? And he's like, no. He goes, I just yeah. need to sleep. I just, I'm beat. Like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Then his girlfriend had arrived to check on him while I was at work. And she said, you know, when you're on your way home, could you bring him some soup and some ginger ale and stuff? So I had stopped. I was on my way out of the office to pick up a few things. And I stopped to pick up two cans of chicken noodle soup and some ginger ale. Thinking. Uh And that was probably, I would say say somewhere around two o'clock 2 30 I'm only uh-huh. guessing at the time frame and then all of a sudden she called me she said 911's here and I said why is 911 there and she said well I had to call paramedics and then she went off the I couldn't get her and she wasn't answering her phone uh-huh. and then all of a sudden she then answered me I can't remember whether I called her again and she answered or she had called me back how that happens I'm not sure and she said they said that he just needs some fluids okay and off they went but side note to that my niece is a paramedic mm-hmm. she was taking her advanced paramedic program working out of Cambridge Ontario that's where she would typically work. But she was here in Kitchener for the very first time as a another alternative person on the ambulance, not actually physically working, just doing her training. But she was a full-blown paramedic, just taking her advanced paramedic. Yeah. And I had moved into a new house. She had never been there. She arrived to the call that day. Really? Yeah. And she said, I walked in the door and she thought, the stuff looks really familiar. Yeah. And she said, I got to the couch. And he said, Samantha, and she went, Noah. Yeah. And the, the paramedic said, do you know him? And she said, it's my nephew. So she had to go outside. Yeah. Her from being a course. And then they took him to yeah. one of our local hospitals. And I was 
on my way flying to that hospital sure. as fast sure. as I could get there. Probably shouldn't have been driving. But at right. that point, I just thought they were giving him IV fluids because of sure. being sick. Right, right. When I arrived to our local hospital, my niece was in the lobby, the paramedic, and she handed me Noah's identification. And she said to me, it's not good. And I said, what do you mean it's not good? And she said, it's not good. And they let me in there to see him. And at that point, Noah could not feel his lower extremities. He had no kidney function. And um, they worked away on him. They didn't know. They thought it was an appendicitis. Uh And so they took him for a scan, of course. Uh, But he was still talking. He was... um, He didn't say too much to his friends. He asked them why there was a connection on his one ear because he thought it was a Wi-Fi connection. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And then uh, family started to to roll in, you know, slowly. They worked on Noah because of my connection with paramedics. My brother's an orange helicopter paramedic, retired. And of course, my family, my niece is being a paramedic. She called her supervisor and had explained the situation. It went over, of course, radio dispatch about Noah. So there was a lot of people there at the hospital um, in, you know, paramedics and things. And the supervisor for the paramedics had called every ambulance off the road. His supervisor said, you can't do that. And he said, well, I am. And at, at by the time the night was over, I think there was six to seven ambulances out front. They had emptied every car, given him every medication. They were bringing in a team from Toronto, a cardiac team. They had called the ICU doctor down from upstairs to help with Noah's case. And I didn't realize at the time as I was down on my hands and knees quite a bit begging him to save my son's life. Yeah. Yeah. That he actually knew Noah. He used to have coffee with Noah every Sunday morning at a farm where his girlfriend used to ride a horse. Yeah. He never, of course, he didn't disclose that, but he knew Noah, yeah, really well. So it must have been hard, right? Sure. The nurse in charge of Noah that night, that her name was being repeatedly called saying, you know, what's the stats? What do we got here? Can, you know, her name was Allison. Oh, my. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they rotated paramedics through his, they closed, they closed the emergency room to the hospital. No patients in, no patients out to work on Noah. They had moved all patients from one side to the other so that he was there by himself. And the paramedics took turns doing five hours of CPR on Noah, even though every time they let go, he flatlined. Yeah. But they did their best. Right. And there is something to that, to knowing that they did everything, right? They did. They did. Yeah. They did absolutely everything. The team from Toronto didn't make it because they called them off. Of course, they they didn't get there in the time. In time, they were yeah. coming by land, so it was going to be quite a, a long drive for them anyway. But they didn't make it there, and never once did they ever suspect that it was meningitis. Yeah, they never talked about that. They did everything. Yeah. They thought lots. They knew they were dealing with a super bug. Yeah, which is why they probably closed everything off, right? But they just didn't know if it was that it was meningitis Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. until after he had passed away. Yeah. 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 I don't think there was anything they could have done anyway. Noah was a a big, one of the explanations that I've received from a physician was uh, because Noah was a big gym buff. He was a healthy guy. He was like extreme healthy. He explained it to me that Noah was probably trying to preserve everything to keep himself going. He was actually pushing it through his bloodstream much, much quicker than what it would have been normally just because of him being so healthy. He was surrounding his heart and trying to protect it. And he was actually pushing it, pushing it and pushing it so much quicker. Right. Right. Yeah. And you're right. It's, it's such a fast it's just such a fast infection. You know, I, I think back and I, I'm sure I've told this story before, but you know, my first experience with meningococcal meningitis, I was working in the pediatric ICU in my residency training and we had a kid come in and I'll just, I'll just never forget this family. I never will. So 
I remember I was pregnant and that boy had, wasn't feeling that good, but he did his paper route that morning. He had his dad help him do the paper route because he wasn't feeling good. And they got back from doing the paper route and he just laid on the couch and he was really not looking good. So his dad took him to the local emergency room. And as they were examining him, one of his pupils blew and dilated and he became brain dead even then at that moment. And he was airlifted to the University of Iowa where I was and, you know, we saw him. But it was just blew me away that a kid could do his paper route in the morning Mm -hmm. and be dead by one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just. Yeah. And I also remember because I, you know, we suspected it was, again, we suspected it was meningitis because this kid had complained very much of a headache. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his, that's what brought, made his dad bring him in is because his head was just hurting so bad. And then when he mm-hmm. had the pupil, <laughs> then it made it more obvious. But I, I'm the one that here, pregnant me all by myself, did the lumbar puncture and the tap and to check his pressures and to check everything and to get mm-hmm. the sample, which ended up growing the meningococcal meningitis. And then, of course, I had to go on antibiotics to, right. because it is so, yes. so contagious and, mm-hmm. and horrible. Mm-hmm. And meningococcal meningitis, if you get that, it, at least then, I think probably still now, it's about a 50% rate mm-hmm. of death. Like right. 50% of the time you'll recover and the other 50% you will die. So it's super, super scary. Yes. There is a vaccine and Noah was vaccinated. Yes, he right? was. Yes, your boss. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you do the best you can. At the time when I did it, there there was not a vaccine. Well, there was a vaccine. There was a vaccine, but it only lasted two years. And she never gave it to kids until like the day they were going to go to college because right. that's the highest risk. But now there's a vaccine that lasts several years and we tend to give it, you know, a couple times at usually 11 and 16. But but still, those vaccines aren't 100 mm-hmm. percent. No, they're not. They're not. No. They're not, unfortunately, right? It's just, yeah, because he was vaccinated for it, so. Yeah. And I remember that kid, too, because I I remember he had a cast on his arm. And I remember that family asking us if we would take his cast off to bury him without his cast. And so the orthopedic surgeons came up after he had been on antibiotics for a while, so he wasn't contagious. They came off and took his cast off before before we ended up withdrawing support but right it is one of i think it's the first my first exposure really truly to anything like that and so that's why i think it sticks with me so much but it's just it's just so horrific it's so horrific absolutely absolutely and to have him go from i'm not feeling good i kind of feel like crap right the night before to And then the next day, like, I don't really want to talk on the phone. I really feel bad. And maybe you should, you know, and your daughter's saying, I think maybe you should bring some soup or whoever. I mean, to that, from that to dying is like not even, there's no way you thought that. No, no, no way. It it moved so rapidly. Like it it was, he was losing functions rapidly. Like I said, yeah. by the time I got there, well, before I got there, when they took him out of that, he had already lost the ability to walk. Yeah. He had already lost his kidneys, you know, like it's like, yeah. wow, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just, it just takes over. Yes. Yeah. So when did you find out that that's what it was? Because my niece had put herself down as the next of kin immediately going into the hospital, like the emergency contact, she had put her name down on the list yeah. for the hospital. The coroner actually was trying to get a hold of me all night. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't even know who I was, let alone answering my phone. Right. I never even thought anyone would be trying to get a hold of me. Why? I don't know. I, I yeah. just never thought of it. Right. So it was pretty quickly, though. Yeah. So I didn't answer my phone. They were actually going to, I had been told now, (laughs) at the time I think I'd been told to, but I've been told now that they were sending police because they wanted to inspect Noah's car, like just things, wondering what, before the coroner actually had known what was wrong. Mm -hmm. Of course, they have to alert authorities, right? Especially perfectly healthy fella. Yeah. It had grown in the Petri dish at that point. So they already rolled it out and knew what Noah had passed away. Yeah. Uh, but he was trying to get a hold of me because, of course, 
the autopsy was next, right? Yeah, right, right. But then they had, they got a hold of, the coroner got a hold of my niece and she said, uh, I'll get a hold of her, tell her to answer her phone right away. I didn't take the call. I was in the opposite room and I could hear him. He was on the call with my brothers telling them what had gone. I was there, but I just, I checked out at that point, I guess. And then we were told that it was meningitis. Public health then started on us right away mm-hmm. because we need to compile it. We needed to compile a list of people that have been in close contact no one with no one in the last 48 hours, of course, right? Right, exactly. And that was a hard list to create because none of us could really remember, you know. Right. They were especially watching myself and his girlfriend because we had, of course, probably more than likely shared things with Noah. Yeah. We had dinner with him and all that kind of stuff. But then we were all revaccinated again, everything from his hockey team all the way through to the group of kids that had been with him the night before, at least from the list that we could compile. And those of anybody that thought they had been with Noah were welcome to be co- come and have be revaccinated too as well. But they targeted the immediate list that we could remember to get to them, right? Anybody that thought they may have seen Noah that we didn't remember were welcome to be revaccinated as well. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, and all the staff, of course, at the hospital, right? We're all notified, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just such a crazy process. Yeah, and horrible. Yeah, horrible. it is. It is. Yeah. But Leon, physician said he shouldn't have been talking. And he was. He was talking. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even, that part I can't imagine. I think it had to have been how healthy and strong he was, right? I mean, That's what they've told me. Partially. I, I, don't, I don't know, Marcy, because I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I don't have the medical background or, or to, to be, but they say that that's, that's the only explanation because to them, he should have never yeah. been. Yeah, because it's highly unusual to me. He, they so, said he should have never been communicating. No, I don't think he should have been conscious. He was. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, it, that's what was surprising to me when you were like, you know, saying Samantha and talking in the emergency room, like that blows me away, really, because that just doesn't seem to fit at all. So, you know, I uh, my one thing when I talked about him is he always had something to say, you know, and I thought, well, I guess he yeah. still had something to say. Yeah. And I guess it was just a little gift. Yes. Right. That you it got was. for him to be able to communicate with you again yeah. and to not have him just be there having lost right. consciousness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's hard to think of it as a gift, but wow, it seems almost miraculous to me that he was able to do that. Right. And they had to, they had to do a few things with him and they asked me to step out. And as soon as I stepped out of the room, that's when room he, he coded then, right? But Oh, after you left. Yeah, I was right there, but uh, I wasn't with standing beside him. Yeah. Right. Almost like he waited until you yeah. walked away. I just think it like, wow, you know. Why was that nurse's name Allison? And why was there? Why was my niece on yeah. in town that day? It was just so yeah. many things, right? There was so many things yeah. that it was almost like a puzzle. The pieces right. were being put together. I don't know. Right, almost like it was sort of preordained somehow that this would happen. Mm-hmm. But let's have these little things be little tiny gifts to you mm-hmm. on you know on your niece and all of that. Right, just and talking to us. And, things, yeah, right? and talking to you when the nurse named yeah. Allison and all those yeah. little things. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you talk now about that period afterwards? Well, of course, there was a lot going on. I am so thankful today, Marcy, for my daughter. Noah was her best friend. Yeah. I don't know how she ever yeah. did it, but she did everything she planned his she she planned his celebration of life which was thousands of people really yeah it was the news was going to come it was just there was so many people everything from the flowers right through to picture boards my daughter my daughter did everything she was we of course, no one. But she was pretty young herself, right? Yeah, yeah. Twenty three or something. Like no, no, yeah, no. was twenty one, so she was twenty three. That's a lot for a twenty three year old to do. And we, she became executor of his will because Noah didn't have a will, right? My and her, uh-huh. uh, her dad and I were separated, so um, yeah, I, it, it should have been her, and it was her. Yeah, 
Yeah. That was like the right person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She did everything. She wrote the obit. She created a GoFundMe page for Noah that astronomically grew very rapidly uh-huh. beyond what we ever thought would happen. Yeah. She, she was, she got pictures ready. She dealt with the crematorium. Mm-hmm. Today I look back at it and say, how did you do that? Yeah. What like, did she wow. say? Well, it had to be done. Yeah. And I wasn't, she said, you weren't capable of doing it. Neither was dad. So it had to be done. Amazing. That is amazing. My family came from all over. Yeah. They stayed here. They took turns rotating to stay with me. It was a busy, busy time. His celebration of life was absolutely incredible. Yeah. The company we went, Marcy, we went in to pay for things like flower boards and stuff and it had already been, the, the um, venue had already been completely paid for when we got there because his company had gone and found out where we were dealing with things and had paid for it in full before we got there. Oh, again, those little gifts that happen without you ever having to ask or think about it. Wow. When we went to pay, we're like, but how could it be? We haven't been here and it would only be her and I that would pay. And they're like, I don't know, there was a gentleman here and he paid for it all. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, wow, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was full from kindergarten teachers to celebration of life all the way through to his friends. People had flown in from Texas. People had, they came from all over. Yeah. People I hadn't seen for a long, long time, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. you, you know, you know that feeling. And yeah, it's a a comforting feeling feeling to know that you know people felt the exact same way about somebody and they could talk about things and people you know it was just it was a it was a nice evening a hard evening but it was a nice evening we didn't have a a funeral for Noah we just had a celebration of life for him Uh Um, a gathering I guess is what you could call it but it was the time immediately they had his friends group I guess had made a a little um they had made a group on their phones to check in with me to make sure that I was going to be okay. And if nobody hadn't heard from me in a long time, then it was alerted that she's not answering any of us. Um, I remember the morning after sitting in my mom at my mom's, which none of the kids could have found me here because they didn't know where she lived. And my brother saying, Al, which he calls me Al, you need to come here. And I said, okay. And I looked out the window and the street was full of kids. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 It was a wow. It's the time after, like it's those immediate days. It's the, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm struggling a little bit more now than I was for a a long time. Yeah. And people don't understand that, right? They kind of go, but why? Yeah. Yeah. It's in the beginning when you have all of that, Mm -hmm. when everybody remembers and everybody is there to support you. Mm-hmm. even though it's horrific yep. there are two things that I think protect you one your mind protects yourself a little bit because it doesn't let you fully believe it at every moment I right. think it does that on purpose right. because if you feel truly had to feel the misery and the pain every moment I don't know how any of us would stand it So your body sort of protects yourself a little bit and makes you think, did that really happen? I don't think that really happened. Like it just, well, you'll have that shock, that Mm -hmm. bit of shock Mm -hmm. that you just can't quite accept it. And I think that's a protection mechanism. So that's one. And Mm -hmm. the other thing is when everyone's there and like, you know, they're paying for stuff and they're showing up at the door and they're doing all of this stuff right away. But then after a while, they don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because their lives go on and they don't totally forget, but they don't remember every minute of every day, which you do. Yeah. You still live it and feel it every minute of every day. And some of the numbness Mm -hmm. wears off. So you actually feel it truly more Mm -hmm. than you did at that beginning. Right. So it can make it hurt worse because you feel more alone. Yeah, you do. 
And like my one girlfriend said, I'm trying to help, but I don't know how to help. Yeah. Right. I I can remember the the first spring and thinking, I don't want to see the grass growing. Yeah. I can't do that. Right. I'm not ready for that. So can somehow somebody stop it from going to happen? Because I don't want to see that. Right. I don't want to see the snowflakes falling. So you deny seeing it. No, it's not snowing. I don't want to see it. Yeah, because the season's going on just shows you that time's going on without them here. Yeah, yeah. And springtime especially, that time of new life and new growth. And you don't want to see new life. And for a long time, shortly after, I watched every video. You know, every video I have of him. I watched it, watched it, watched it, watched it, you know, not not torturing, but just watching, seeing, watching him move, everything. And now I can't. Yeah. I can't look at them. Because it's too painful. Yeah. Yes, because I think I didn't. I denied myself there up until now. I think knowing that he, I thought, did I pretend? I don't know why yeah. I wanted to cope. I think right. I, I think I think I just thought to myself, I've convinced my brain that oh, he'll he'll be here soon. Oh, he's yeah. just he's missing for today. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know, you know, I'm I'm in Andy's room now, as you can see. Yeah. And I just started doing the podcast here a few, a couple months ago now. And um, just before we sat down to record, I look at his desk, and so much of it's just the same as it was, like mm-hmm. just special things to him just sitting on there. And I just, I don't know what to do. No. I don't want to. I don't want to move it. I don't want to. You know. After a while, I did come in and I cleaned his room and I did his laundry and all that stuff. But there's still just, you know, there's still things that it's just impossible to know yeah. exactly what to do, right? And I take his clothes and know. I smell them. And, yeah. you know, I, I drove around. He had a favorite plaid shirt. And I'll be honest with you, Marcy, it goes in my car with me and it sits on the passenger seat. And it comes out of the car with me and I wear it every night to bed. And then... The next morning I get up and I put it in the car and I take it out of the car and wear it to bed. And yeah, I, I don't know. Is it being hopeful? I don't know. I mean, if it's comforting to you, it's comforting to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And if that's what it gives you yeah. for now, I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. And it might not always, but for now, mm-hmm. yeah, you, know, you exactly. do what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And we've talked about that a lot on the podcast about just doing what you need to do and having sometimes that feels like maybe you're being selfish, but really you need to turn inward and you need to do what is helpful to you. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what other people think. No. You know? And for shortly after, you know, you you go into a little bit, at least I did, that self destructive mode, right? Where. Yeah. You do things and make poor choices and you, I forgot that I had my daughter for a little bit and I forgot I had a family and I forgot that they lost too, right? Yeah, it's, it's hard. Because I was in, I was in, I stopped talking to everyone. I just said, no, I can't. And, and it's not like that because our family was very close knit and I just denied everybody, me too. Right. Right. And sometimes I think you almost do that to, I don't know if really punish yourself. I don't think that's the right word, but it, it just seems like, like this is such a horrible thing. Everything should be horrible. Mm-hmm. Like forever. Yeah, I'm still doing that. <laughs> if I, if I talk with my family and I go and have some sort of happy discussion with them, like, oh, that's wrong. I can't do that. So it should just be horrible. So that means I just, I don't talk to anybody. I don't do anything. Which is which is not the right way to be, no. right? I mean, no, not at all. But I think it's natural to feel that way. Right, right. Because everything you do is an effort, right? It changes our lives forever. Like when they say that, you know, a lot of things we always say, oh, that's, you know, it's just a thing. Life-changing event, whatever, yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's actually, yeah. it's actually, when you lose your a child, it, it does. It is. It is, yeah. It actually, I think it rewires your brain. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it seems, it's a, 
it definitely like you know we lost my dad a few months before we lost my son um and it's like wow like it just it changes perspective things you say how you act everything Mm -hmm. everything is so important yeah yeah it does change every bit about you Mm -hmm. you're not the same no person at all no I'm definitely not the same person no yeah and it doesn't necessarily mean that every part of you is worse I mean some parts can be better but it's it is you are not the same it's just no that's just the way it is Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but is it it's it's one of these things that I've told myself and I don't even know if this makes sense but I'm okay not being the same yeah right because in some ways you don't want it I mean you want to go back to the person you were if going back to the person you were meant that you had Noah back that's right absolutely 100% 100%. you'd go back Yeah. yeah I would but since you can't have Noah back now you think do I want to be who I was before Noah died actually probably no 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 because in some ways you have gained a wisdom that you did not have before right Right. And a way of looking at the world Mm -hmm. that you did not have before. And Mm -hmm. maybe you wouldn't want to go back. I mean, there are probably some things like, you know, I I know I I get panicky about, Mm -hmm. you know, something happening to my other kids. Do I wish I wasn't like that? Sure. I do wish I wasn't like that. But my overall view on life and other people and relationships, I don't think I'd want to go back to how I thought before. No. And I'm okay with not enjoying certain things because I think some of the things that I was enjoying, maybe I shouldn't have been enjoying them, you know? And now I kind of look at it and go, but I'm still enjoying things. I'm just enjoying things in a different way. Right. And I'm okay. Other people don't want me to be like this. Yeah. But but I'm I'm not okay. You know what I mean? I'm not okay, but I'm okay. I'm okay. Right. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point about maybe some things you just that you maybe shouldn't have enjoyed like you did before. Or I, 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 I get that. Have. I think I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's mm-hmm. a beautiful comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the, I think I said to you before, like you, I've learned to walk again, right, with a limp. Yeah, right. I'll never right. run when I walk. Right. Yeah. And it's okay if you're not running absolutely okay and it's okay that you're walking with a limp but I'm really glad you're walking because for a while it didn't seem like you'd be able to again yeah and you know what I think I was walking a little bit too fast before so now I've just slowed it down a little bit so that's okay yeah and taking the moments a little bit more right taking it moment by moment I notice things now you know little things you see now I think which is okay Mm -hmm. yeah it mm-hmm. is beautiful to notice the little things, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the saying, don't sweat the small stuff. I think sometimes we were sweating the small stuff before. And yeah. sometimes the things that people get upset about that I probably used to get upset about, I think, no, it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm really glad that I do. Really. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like, me too. These things that get people all up in a, up in a you know, tizzy about, like, I'm glad that doesn't yeah. bother me anymore because it just seems dumb. <laughs> now you're like, really? Really? Right. <laughs> yeah. right. And I know that I used to feel the same way. I know mm-hmm. that I used to get upset about these things too. Mm-hmm. And now I don't. And I'm so glad that I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm no. so glad. Yeah, that's right. The only mm-hmm. thing that is, it's a, it's a tough one for me and a not a tough one. As I think to myself, I always say to, and I feel it, nobody's going to love me like he did. Yeah. Right? So then yeah. you just got to love yourself like he would love you. Oh, that's a beautiful way to think about it. Yeah. So you got to hug yourself like he used to hug me. Because right. Because nobody else is going to give that to me but me. And I gave him the ability to be able to stand in front of all of his friends and hug me and be proud to hug yeah. me and call me his mom. Yeah. So now I got to continue that. 
right? I got to continue to hug me like he would hug me or else what am I going to do? I love that because sometimes Mm -hmm. I think we don't. I mean, a lot of times we don't. Yeah, and I, you know what? Don't get me wrong. I think there's times where I still don't because I yeah. this roller coaster ride where you go through dips and you stand on top of the mountain and you think you're doing just fine, and then all of a sudden you slide down the back end of it again, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And I think you know, I just let myself go a little bit, you know, yeah. that I didn't, um, I didn't want to even take care of myself in some ways, you mm-hmm. know. Brushing your teeth is an effort sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really glad that I'm able to do that, some of that again. In fact, I just had a conversation with Eric about it because I stopped, like, exercising, taking care of myself. I was eating kind of just garbage and, you know, I gained weight. and, Mm -hmm. And in the recent months... I've really turned that around and started taking care of myself. And and Eric's always been like in good shape. But I told him, you need to start working out because <laughs> like for a while I wasn't. And, right. and to be honest, a little bit of it was because I wanted to make sure that I died before him. Such a morbid, awful thing. But like, I don't want to outlive any no. of the rest of my immediate family. No, no. Because that's just horrible. So I actually did say to him, yeah. you need to start exercising because I do not want to outlive you. Right. Because I'm now taking care of myself. So you need to take care of yourself. So at least we're more on a level playing field here. That's because right. don't even tell me that I'm going to take better care of myself than you. And so I might, you know. Obviously, I can't predict the future and just because I'm making him start to work out now doesn't mean that yeah. suddenly I'm going to make sure no. that I still die first. But it's still, it seemed like I'm now putting forth effort, which I was not doing. No. And I don't know that I was consciously thinking about that, but it was Eric who called me out on it. He said to me a while back, he said, I, th- I think sometimes you have a soft death wish. And I was like, yeah. I think shortly, you know what, to be honest with you, after um, Noah, I had a hard death wish, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 I remember being on the bathroom floor thinking, why not? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be here. Right. You know, but then. You know, what's, it's funny that you say that today because I saw a girl yesterday in the office and she was, she was going to transfer out she actually brought paperwork out to transfer out to an adult doctor and she filled out a little screening on anxiety and depression it was super high and so I gave her mm-hmm. another test and it was quite high and then I started talking to her and she was talking about how anxious and depressed she was and mentioned the fact that her dad had died a few months mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. and I said I know that I understand that mm-hmm. and you know, we talked about how a few months have gone by and her friends are probably starting to think that she should sort of be getting back to normal, but she's not. So we did all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I questioned her on the survey because one of the questions was, have you ever thought it would be you'd be better off dead or hurting yourself in some way? And she circled a zero, meaning never, right. and a one, meaning sometimes. And I right. said, why'd you circle both? Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she said, well... I didn't want to freak you out. Hmm. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it was really a one, right? That she sometimes had that thought. She said, "I don't actively feel like I'm going to kill myself at all, no. but sometimes mm-hmm. I think, man, huh. it'd just be easier." Hmm. And I said, "That's okay. That doesn't freak me out because I still yeah. have days like that too." Yeah, and I mean, she just felt like you could just see this curtain just fall, right? That's separating the two of us. But I thought it was really interesting the way she said, well, I didn't want to freak you out. Like she didn't want to lie. Right. But she didn't want me to panic. And isn't that what we all do? Right. That's right. You did, yeah. You felt that on the bathroom floor, but I bet you, you didn't tell anybody. Nope. I never told anybody. Because you thought if I tell someone, they're going to panic. I know I felt that way. I thought mm-hmm. if I tell someone... Then they're mm-hmm. going to panic and freak out, and they're going to want to put me in a psychiatric hospital, and I'm really not suicidal. And I don't belong there. Right. I'm just not, yeah. I'm dealing with something here, and I'm th- kind of sitting here going, well, well, it's not such a bad place. Right. <laughs> right. 
Noah's there. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, yeah. and just because you have those thoughts of, eh, it doesn't mean you are having a plan. And if you are, if you're feeling like right. you're making a plan and you mm-hmm. are actively thinking like, yes, I really, really like to end my life, please tell somebody. And right. even when you're having the soft thoughts, Tell someone because right. I think it was a huge relief for this girl to tell me that yesterday because yeah. right. I don't think right. she's told a soul that. Probably not. I mean, certainly she hasn't told her mother who lost her husband. Which, you know what? Certainly. Maybe a lot of people feel the exact same way and just exactly. don't have. They don't have the courage to say it. The ability or the courage to say it. But once you say it and you say, okay, I have been feeling that a little bit. And someone else says, that's okay. Please mm-hmm. tell me. If those feelings start to get more often or those feelings start to get worse. Right. And so that's one thing. And the other thing is, well, what do you think we can do when those feelings start to come and when those right. feelings start to take right. over? What are some things that kind of kind of help push those feelings back to the exactly. to the back of your mind? Mm-hmm. You know, giving you some little strategies on how to help mm-hmm. when those feelings and emotions come is mm-hmm. way better. Oh, than, sure. And then allowing people, giving permission to people mm-hmm. to say that right. I'm feeling this way. Well, and I thought to myself, but what if I get there? And then Noah's mad at me for getting there the way I got there because he loved life. Yeah, right. So I thought, oh, well, that's not going to serve me any purpose <laughs> at this point, right? Because I want to go there and be with him, but he's not going to let want me to be here with him, I guess. Well, you know. I guess we just yeah. keep on going. We just keep on going. You're right. Mm-hmm. I have to share with you, Marcy, as shortly after he uh, passed away, I had a vivid dream. Mm-hmm. It was so real. And I was in a place, there was bunk beds, white bunk beds, every, all there was tons of children and a man, a woman there. Everybody was in white, except for there was one person that was a bright, bright, bright. And it was my daughter. She was sitting on top of a bunk bed. She mm-hmm. had her head down. She was young. She was coloring. And there was a little girl in front of her coloring and watching her draw. Mm-hmm. And then I'm outside and there's these kids everywhere. And then a man and a woman standing there and the man says, do you know which one of those kids are mine? And I said, well, she's yours and he's yours. And I'm not sure if they're yours. And he goes, yep, they're mine. And I thought, he goes, they're all mine. And I said, wow, okay. Next, I'm walking up a pathway, a dirt pathway, and it's wide. Yeah. And there's a little boy walking in front of me. And I know it's Noah, but I've never seen his face. And he's yeah. little. And I said to him, Noah, do you like it here? And he said, well, yeah. There's lots of ponies here, Mom. We're very big horse people, but no one ever liked horses. And I said to him, but no, you don't even like horses. And he said, yeah, but there's one, Mom. It's main, named Mikawi. And I said, Mikawi, that's a different name. And he said, no, Mommy, it sounds like meant to be. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Which was very weird for him to, yeah, because he never liked horses, so. He related it to me, I guess, our conversation, right? So, yeah. So I thought I'd just share that with you. I love that story. Yeah. Honestly, it's probably a beautiful way to end today. And mm-hmm. Unless you want to talk about anything else in particular. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just loved hearing about Noah and hearing about all the wonderful ways he's being remembered today. Mm-hmm. And those little gifts that you've gotten along the way. Because those yeah. can be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And people pay tribute to him all the time. So it's uh, it's a nice we light sparklers on October the 15th every year and everybody gathers. So it's really nice. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my birthday. So now I'm going to be thinking about him on my birthday every there year. There you go. You'll have to, <laughs> he, may, he may come visit you. You never know. <laughs> you and never say, know. happy birthday, Marcy. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. yeah maybe he go. will. Happy birthday, Marcy. Thanks for helping my mama right? You never know. (laughs) I wouldn't put it past him, especially if you're having a party. He might be there. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Allison, for sharing. Thank you, Marcy. You take care now. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful and would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. 
Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at andysmom.com. Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.